Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand new edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me, as always, is the Jolly Green Giant himself, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? Well, I can agree with Jolly. I don't know about Green. <laughs> how are you, sir? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And um, I'm very excited for today's episode because we have Evan O'Regan from IBM Canada coming on the show I've today. I've heard of the organization. Yes. The, believe it or not, IBM's still around. <laughs> but it's, it's going to be a fantastic conversation. I think it's going to be just really great. And we're going to take a momentary pause here and we'll bring Evan aboard. Evan, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing? I'm very well. Thanks for having me today. Well, I know Chris and I are really looking forward to this uh, conversation, and you know, we're reading through your bio. You're an extremely interesting person, and uh, you know, especially with the work that you're doing at IBM. Uh, would love to maybe start with better understanding uh, your background, your career narrative, and personal narrative, and sort of what's brought you to where you are today. Well, thank you, and you know, I I, I appreciate any opportunity where I get to stand up on my soapbox and, and talk about these topics. I, you know, I've. I've grown up in the cybersecurity field. This is getting on 25 years. And so as my career has progressed, so have the problems, so have the challenges, so has the evolution as everybody's gone digital. And you know, I'm now at the point where I realize that sometimes I'll make references that, that date myself. And I've, I've been very, very lucky to be able to work on some really interesting challenges in this space. So it, it's been something that continues to be an ongoing challenge and an ongoing interest, something I'm very passionate about, as, as cliche as that sounds. So if I calculate correctly, we're talking about 1996, uh, beginning, hey? That's right. Even, yeah. uh, you know, that's when we were sending emails from labs. Yeah. yeah. Dominic <laughs> always talks about 1995 being a, a dated year that we don't <laughs> want to have cybersecurity at a 1995 level when it's 2022. So... At least you came in one yeah. year after that. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So let's dive into some cybersecurity uh, subjects here uh, for you, Evan. So the first question I have, we'll start with first things first. When you're talking to an organization about their cybersecurity, how do you initially approach that conversation? And what are some of the questions that you, you might encourage them to be asking themselves? So one of the first things is... I. I really try to understand, I approach it with curiosity to be how do they approach the topic? And the reason being is it, it, I, I don't want to oversimplify it in saying that there is a binary, but there are two very distinct camps. And there's one which is where you have cybersecurity by accident in the sense of their infrastructure, their architecture is just kind of grown on its own. It hasn't been intentional. And then there's organizations that realize that cybersecurity isn't a cost center. It's about what it allows you to do. They've really grasped the fact that, and again, it sounds cliche to use the buzzword, their business is transforming. It's not about how do I take my bricks and mortar store, put it up on the web. It's what does this allow me to do? How do I reach my customers better? So that, that, you know, those are some of the first things that I look for in the conversation because that really speaks to the culture, that really speaks to the way that they approach it. And it also starts to give you a little bit of hints in terms of what we're gonna find when we start looking under the hood. Yeah, very, very nicely said. So when we're talking about data breaches and cyber attacks, obviously we wanna prevent these 100% of the time. But in this day and age, 
2022, there, there are breaches that are going to be happening. So how would you say uh, are, are some ways that organizations can minimize the impact, if you will, on data breaches and cut the costs associated with, with significant cybersecurity incidents? So I think the first is approach, which is, and, and you nailed it really in, in the essence of the question, which is the same way if I go out today, the odds are good that if I hang around enough people at enough airports, I'm going to catch a cold. But there's measures that I can do. I can wash my hands. I, I can wear a mask. There's all kinds of things that I can do that reduce my risk and also are going to improve my time to recovery. So the approach is key. And one of the one of the biggest things, and it's not just that binary that I talked about in terms of the approach to this, but it's the it and it's been dubbed zero trust, but it's the notion whereas previously we used to think we're defending the castle. We're gonna have a perimeter, we're gonna we're gonna have protection on, on the outside, we're gonna keep the bad boys and girls out. But that made it harder for people that had to get through the gates. They end up getting harassed by the measures that you have in place. Whereas understanding now that those threats are already there, they're already around us. So what are the measures that we can take to reduce it? And I would even go so far as to say, you know, especially when we know the profiles of the threat actors in this space, they're in this, not all of them, but most of them are in to make a quick buck. So if you can make your target less appealing, a little bit more expensive, a little bit harder to climb, right there is a great big step in terms of saying, move on, leave me alone. So those are some of the measures right from the outset in terms of the way that you approach it. And also considering this not as cybersecurity in terms of a box that we want to add in afterwards, but how do you infuse it in terms of your approach, your philosophy, your design, as you're designing your business systems, your technical systems, so that you've got security built in. So basically, approach and security by design. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So in terms of framing this conversation about cyber risk to the business, business leaders, uh, boards of directors, often you know cybersecurity can be seen as a like a cost center or like uh, maybe the Department of Restrictions, and no, you cannot do this. How do you frame the conversation? I know you mentioned, uh, you know, about what it is that you can do in order to, you know, move forward together securely. Like, wh what is the what is the best way to kind of frame it in the right place in business leaders' minds? So, I think one of the the big things in business leaders' minds is to tag it to risk because that's thing, something that most businesses, big or small, understand is risk. What's the risk to their business? Because it's not a question about having the right answer or the wrong answer, it's what are the trade-offs? So one of the key approaches is to look at it that way, which are what are the trade-offs that you're gonna have? And you know, when we look at in terms of losing the confidence of your customers, notwithstanding the very real costs, these are not imaginary costs, these are, and we've got some good hard data to back this up in terms of this is what it's likely gonna cost you, this is how long you're going to be offline. This is the long-term impact that's going to have on your business. In many cases, you put that in the risk language to say, this is a critical risk to your business. If you don't get this right, and it's not about in terms of the boogeyman's going to come out from underneath my mattress at night or from the basement, it's saying this is the environment that you're working in, the same way that you're working with your, you know, in an environment with competitors. Because if your competitors are doing this properly, where are your customers going to go? 
where is that revenue going to go? You have to put it into the language that the board is going to understand. And I, I would even go an extra 10 seconds to say that I'm personally seeing in a lot of the conversations, this is at the board level. And boards are bringing in people and, you know, for guidance in terms of that are cybersecurity aware, cybersecurity savvy. Whereas before, my, I might be across the desk from somebody that doesn't have a reference point. The level of sophistication of that conversation, especially, you know, larger organizations is going up and we're seeing that trickle down effect. This is a topic that's relevant. Very, very interesting, Evan. Uh, um, and sort of maybe to, to um, where we're moving with the conversation now, in, in terms of uh, this, this past summer, I know IBM released their cost of a data breach report. And I love how you, uh, IBM leverages in real world data and uh, analyzing you know, not just global uh, uh, data breaches, but I believe even Canadian data breaches as well. I'm wondering if you could summarize for our viewers and listeners some of the, I guess, the key findings or key takeaways from this most recent report. Absolutely. So this is a report that we do year over year because it's not just the value of the data in the report. It's also the value of the trends that we can detect. And one of the things that we're seeing is this year, like last year, Canada came in third globally. And this is not a sport you want a podium. In. <laughs> we had this is the United States, Middle East and then Canada in terms of the cost of a data breach. And these are. This is where we go out, we talk to customers that have been impacted, we anonymize the information. So this is, they are sharing real world experiences, real data, this is what it costs. And one of the things is that on average, and I'm not just gonna spew about a, a bunch of numbers, but on average, it's about $7 million per breach. Now, we can break that down a little bit. If you're in financial services, it's gonna be higher. If you're a tech company, also gonna be higher uh, services, industry, you know, they're, they, they kind of round out your top three. But what's interesting, and, and I'm glad you asked that question earlier, is that, for instance, companies that have even just started on a zero trust approach that have changed their mindset in terms of how they approach security, the cost of their breach is less than half if they hadn't done it. And when you start realizing that in the data, you start to see that, okay, we've got two groups here. We've got the people that get it, and then the ones that are still doing it the old way. And, and if you pardon the clumsy cliche, and we all have this experience, you know, because we've, we've all done online shopping, we live in an online world. When I see, for instance, a website that is not protecting their credentials, that doesn't have things like multi-factor authentication built in, and then a nice smooth workflow, I feel like I'm watching somebody in the wintertime driving down the highway with a slab of snow on the roof which is they think they're getting somewhere, but they're making life miserable for everybody around them and they don't realize the danger that they're causing. And you know what? Eventually there's gonna be consequences. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And, and that's what the data supports because we're seeing that groups that have put in measures, even, and I, I pick MFA because having your credential compromised is the number one way that they're getting in. So if there's, you know, whether it's being socially engineered, somebody's calling somebody up and, and managed to get in that way, or if they're going on the dark web and buying a big repository of usernames and then putting it through automation to say, I'm just going to go knock on all the doors and any of the ones that are unlocked, I'm going to go in and see what I can get. So that's really what the data is telling us is that we've got those two groups and those two approaches. And in the background of all this, the costs are going up. That $7 million figure I talked about, that's a sharp increase over last year. 
Last year, we were in the mid to high sixes. So the threat isn't going away. It's not getting better on its own. And what we're seeing, in fact, is that the bad boys and girls are getting better at what they're doing. They're bringing in automation. They're using AI. They're looking at these big data ones and saying, oh, okay, here's some correlations that I've got. Here's my prime list of targets. So I'm going to go after them. And they're making money hand over fist. And, you know, it's, again, I apologize. I'm on my soapbox because when you look at this data, you look at those numbers, you know, okay, whatever, it's, it's millions of dollars. What does that mean? You have to ask, who's paying for that? And when we've got a supply chain where, you know, this, you know, can of Pringles or whatever that I'm getting, whatever my consumer good has gone through a supply chain with four, five, sometimes six different actors. If you think about from where it started to how it got here. And at each one of those actors where some of those actors have had a breach, 60% of them have to pass that cost on in their products. So what we're seeing is because the cost of these breaches are adding up, it's a stressor on the economy. And, and we're not thinking about it. It's stressor the way you know, inflation is, it's stressor the way that, you know, the, the cost of gas, it's stressor because of world events, like the, the aggression that's happening in Ukraine. And it's also something that there's something we can do about it. It's not just, oh, well, I guess it just is, it's raining, I'll put on a raincoat. It really is something that we can take measures to bring down those costs. And it's, it's something that's tangible and it's something that affects us all because we're paying for it. That was, the, that was the best soapbox soliloquy I've ever heard, by the way. <laughs> good, good speech. Good, good speech that I resonate with. And I, I just wonder when you say, when you throw out the number 7 million, what goes on in people's minds when they hear that? What is their reaction, do you find? Because I, I remember back when the, the average cost of a breach was around 4 million from, from this same report a number of years ago. And uh, I remember we were doing an event and I remember that I said that and uh, there was one individual in the crowd that uh, openly dis disbelieved that figure. And uh, if I remember right, he walked out of the room <laughs> yeah, from, the, from, the back, from the back row thinking that we were insulting everybody's intelligence. Have you, have you found a similar uh, reaction to that data? Well, and you know, I have to say not just to pile on to that comment or to build on that. That's the average. And yeah. so when we're seeing that organizations that are able to properly defend that have built in, taken this approach that we're talking about, their results are less than half of that cost. That means that there's a lot of organizations. And as I've gone through the data, you see that there's numbers that are much higher than, than 7 million. And those are the ones, that's, that's an existential blow to a lot of businesses. and it really drives home the point, especially as you have those many, you know, one-to-many type business models where you're relying upon volume or replying, you know, or manufacturing where minutes offline is a lot of money. So, and, you know, there's no sector that's immune to this. If there's, if there's a nature, if there's a business that, that is doing something that has some part of digital, they're affected. And it's not a question of, of if, it's a question of when. And those numbers are going up. And it's like, the, and the last point to sort of round that out, it's like any 
any business sector. I mean, we tend to think most of the people we know are reasonably law-abiding people, give or take the speed limit. But there are other countries that have a different perspective, and there's no geographical distance. This is good business for them, and they're investing, and they're accelerating. So those numbers are going up, and that's what the data is telling us. It's not just me running around chicken little saying the sky is falling. This is real data. This is happening, and it's happening around us, and it affects us. Uh, Evan, this was an absolutely uh, interesting and intriguing conversation. I, the, the, the insights, the wisdom, the, the, the data points there, uh, I know our, our listeners and viewers are just going to lap this up. Thank you so much for such an engaging conversation today. Well, thank you so much for having me on, giving me the opportunity to, to step up on the soapbox. And this is an important message because it does affect us all. And, you know, I'll even close on this. If, if there's someone who's listening, and I'm really addressing it to you're talking about, you know, the person that thinks eh, 7 million, really ask five people, ask five people around you. If you've gotten a text that tells you that your Netflix account payment has been compromised or that there's a, a CRA tax run, refund waiting for you, or if they had a fraudulent credit card charge on their case and just do the math and say, okay, like out of five people I know times the population of where you are, Pretty soon you start to, you have that pause, that dawning moment of realization to be like, this is a real problem, but there's real things that we can do to remediate it, prevent against it, and make it a preventable. Uh, great, great wisdom to end on. And uh, Evan, you and your soapbox, well, welcome back anytime on the podcast. Thank, thank you again for joining us. Thank you very much. Thanks, Evan. Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. Well, I really appreciated that Evan uh, took the opportunity to stand up on this Certainly. soapbox <laughs> and, and deliver a masterful sermon there. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of great practical and pragmatic takeaways and, and data points that he shared from uh, IBM's uh, cost of a data breach report. But uh, curious what, what yeah. you thought. Yeah, I mean, the number 7 million is just burning in my mind. That's really all I can think about right now. And I also feel validated that four years ago when somebody walked out of a meeting because I said 4 million, it's now 3 million more than that. So if you are listening, which you're not, I'm sure, but if you're that gentleman, it's true. I wasn't lying and it's 7 million now. So that's, that's what I want to say. I want to get that off the chest. I love how you remembered that. And that person is- You remember that, right? Oh, I, 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 that's bright as day now. And if that person is listening, please do give us a call. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, but for sure. Um, uh, as always, though, we want to thank our guest. Thank you to Evan for joining us on the podcast today. If you did happen to miss a previous episode, do check out old episodes on the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page uh, and or on your favorite podcasting platform. But until next time, be well, be safe, and we'll see you all very again soon on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast.